And joining us right now on the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline is Clarence Hill of the Fort Worth Star Telegram. You can follow him on Twitter at Clarence Hill Jr. Uh, he's a UT alum. He's been covering the Cowboys since 1997. And Clarence, first off, thank you for joining Ball Don't Lie today, my man. Hey, what's up, fellas, man? I appreciate you having me. Always Thanks, good chill. to talk to you, Chill. So here, here we are today. We're going crazy because the Cowboys did not make a move. Everybody was hoping that they would make some type of move. Uh, the only move that they made today was getting rid of the uh, defensive lineman Tristan Hill. Not your namesake. Let's make sure we know that. But uh, what, what were your thoughts when you saw that the Cowboys did not make a move today? We all fell for the okie doke again. I mean, you know, Jerry huffed and puffed and sold a good game as he does. He was talking to me after the game about we're going to make a deal, a sudden like deal. I'm going to spend this money. I'm going to give up this draft capital to make, you know, because we're so close to a Super Bowl title, uh, a Super Bowl run. If I could get a player that could put us over the top, I will do it. Ultimately, the Cowboys talked to teams about receivers. They talked to the Texans about Brandon Cooks. But they didn't want to spend the money. They didn't want to give it the draft capital. So what were they talking about, Jerry? No, that's a good point, Jill. I, and, and I agree with you 100%. And let me just throw this out there because I remember Jerry and Steven throwing out this little phrase in the offseason, we like our guys. We like our guys. <laughs> we're talking about Cooper Rush. We're talking about, you know, Dorrance Armstrong. But I will say – a lot of those other guys, those guys they talked about, have stepped up. Um, is it possible that the Cowboys have enough to make this run? No, and, and, and so it's a nuanced conversation. So, yeah, they like their guys. Yes, their roster is as good as or potentially as good as they, as they thought it could be. But we're talking about now what's going to put you over the top. Mm-hmm. You, know, the, you know, the Eagles like their roster pretty well. They still made a deal. Yep. At six and zero, you know the Vikings certainly like the start they made. They still made a deal to improve uh, their position. The Vikings, I mean, the, the Dolphins love the start they had. They still made a couple of deals, you know, to try to to, to get to that Super Bowl. They lose mm-hmm. the Super Bowl, so it, it's not a matter of not liking your guys. And certainly they like their guys, and and their guys may ultimately be good enough. And and ultimately, again, the deals maybe had weren't there. They weren't good deals. I don't think Brandon Cooks is great. You know, he's been a productive player. He's a small guy. He drops a lot of passes, but he does give you speed. He does give you something the Cowboys really don't have outside. We know they need to supplement that receiver position. You know, they're hoping that Michael Gallup can continue to improve, and they're going to finally get some from disappointing rookie Jalen Tolbert, and, you know, and possibly they can get some out of James Washington. But, you know, the goal, at least what Jerry was talking about, was adding something that could ensure mm-hmm. a difference-making play that can ensure – them getting over the top. So, yeah, you like your guys. You certainly like what you did the draft. This, this rookie class, those tight ends, you know, what's not to like? And the Cowboys really know their draft picks. Obviously, Tim Christian Hill was a disappointment. We knew that from day one. You know, that was mm-hmm. a Rob Marinelli pick more than anything. But but the Cowboys know how to pick offensive linemen. You know, they've done well there. Uh, you know, the, the, the Moan Clark going you know, to start coming on at, at linebacker, the kid at LSU. We, got the, we know how talented he is when he's on the field. Uh, so yeah, they like their guys. They've done some good things at Friends. So, yes, they, you know, when they don't add guys um, in the offseason, the Kobe like our guys. But again, I still believe that letting Amari Cooper go mm-hmm. and not really replacing him was a mistake. 
And if you look at this team and what's the weakness of this team, it's that receiver. They still don't have a 100-yard receiver. Now, certainly some of that is mitigated because Cooper Rush has been out there. But it's the first time since 1973 they've gone eight games without a 100-yard receiver. Yeah, it's been something that we were talking about. We're talking yeah. to Clarence Hill of the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. He's been covering the Cowboys since 1987, so he's seen everything that has gone on in Big D. Clarence, as we sit here today, the Cowboys are sitting at 6-2, and two, headed into the bye week. And even if Dak would have played early in the season, not even counting the Cooper Rush days, do you still think that the Cowboys would have been at 6-2 and two or probably 7-1 and one at this time? I mean, let's be honest. If someone would have told you before the season the Cowboys would be 6-2 and two after, after um, eight games, what really on paper was their toughest stretch of the season when you consider they opened at Tampa, mm-hmm. they were playing the Rams and the, and the, uh, 40, and the, and the um, Bengals, who were both Super Bowl contenders. Mm-hmm. Everybody loved Joe Burrow and the Bengals come, from last year thought they were going to go get better. They played at Philadelphia. You would have taken 6-2 and two with a healthy Dak Prescott. Now, as the season goes along, you realize that you know, Tampa wasn't who we thought they were, mm-hmm. and some of these other teams aren't who we thought they were. Uh, I think the, the inexperience up front, the decision of their receiver certainly hampered them in, in, in the season opener uh, in that Tampa Bay game. Uh, but, yeah, they, they should be happy at 6-2. and two. They're, they're, happy, they're, they're feeling good. And the beauty about the Cowboys, even though they didn't add anybody, they do have an opportunity to get better from within because Dak is only going to get better. He's going to get more uh, – on page with Michael Gallup, they should get better. I'm not saying they're going to be, you know, where they were last year when they were the number one passing off as the number one um, scoring off as a league, but they should be able to get better. Uh, you know, you're going to get Tyron Smith back. Tyler Smith is only getting better. Jason Peters is going to get more acclimated. You know, this defense is, is going to have the chance to get better with Jonathan Hankins helping stop the run, and, and Michael Parsons remains a cheat code. So you still have things to get excited about where you are at 6-2, and two, and I still think it's wide open, wide open as it's ever been. Uh, the road to the Super Bowl is clear for anybody in the NFC, and the Cowboys can be one of those teams. Hey, Chill, let me ask you this, man. That, that Tony Pollard performance in the last game versus the Bears, uh, you know, there's been a lot of conversation about him being the featured back, uh, sharing that backfield with Ezekiel. What are your thoughts now after that spectacular performance by Tony Pollard? My thoughts are that Tony Pollard did what Tony Pollard has been doing against a, bear, bear, a bad Bears run defense. I mean, it's, you know, the Bears, I think, had the 30-second the run defense coming into the league. Yeah. I mean, uh, coming into the game. You know, I think Zeke would have eight against that Bears even. He wouldn't have gone 57. Hmm. Or <laughs> he would have eight. Uh, and, and keep in mind that Tony Pollard still only had 14 carries. That's what he was having when Zeke was out there. I mean, I, I think that the Cowboys – you know, the, the thing that, that people get lost in the conversation is like the Cowboys don't want to use Tony Pollard or not trying to use Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard's getting used more this year than he's ever had. It's, it's in tandem with Zeke. It's not necessarily a clear Zeke's number one and Tony. They are using them in tandem. And as you look at the last few games, even before he didn't play, those carry numbers are starting to be equal. Just look at the numbers and the touch numbers. They're starting to even out compared to where they were early in the season for different reasons. But um, I, I think the Cowboys... You know, it, it's a good problem to have when complaining about who's getting the ball when you, when you still have a good running game. You have a running game that's really the best part of your offense right now. And the truth is they're going to need both of them. And and you don't, you know, it's the, the goal for Tony Pollard, and I, we talked to Skip Pete today, you know, uh, he likes to have a tandem of backs. He likes to use two backs. 
is that you want him juicing his legs in the fourth quarter of games and the fourth quarter of the season, so 17-game season. You don't want to wear him out where he's not breaking off those runs and, 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 and not twitchy late in the season. You want him to be twitchy late in the season, late in the playoffs. And the best way to do that is use them in tandem. You know, and, and they're going to get the best out of Tony and they're going to get the best out of Zeke. Yeah, and I can't wait to see when Zeke is healthy again, how they're going to use each other. Because Zeke, we've been talking about the fact that Zeke is one of the best uh, blocking backs in the league. But you talked about the running game and how the Cowboys are being affected by it. But the Cowboys' defense has given up 117 yards in six of the eight games that they've played uh, this year. I know they brought in Jonathan Hankins. They just let Tristan Hill go. What do they need to do to scheme up to try to stop these running games? Because if you're going to make a run in the playoffs, you got to be able to stop some of these teams in the NFC. I mean, in the NFC that have strong running games. Well, the Rams. I mean, I'm not the Rams, but the 49ers. You know, is prime example. And they're going to go against the Vikings in a couple of weeks, and they're going to go back against the Eagles and the Giants, and you know, and certainly they have the Titans on the schedule. They have to show up against the run. But make no mistake about it, teams are running in a pass-happy league against the Cowboys because they don't want to throw against them. They don't want to face that pass rush. I mean, Chicago ran well, but they were down 20 running the ball. You know, and, and so that some of that's part of that thing. But, yeah, they the running game has been leaky, uh, and, and they need to show up there. They need to certainly keep people out the end zone. Uh, and I think that's part of the focus. You know, you bring Hankins, and he's only played one game. You, you, you have him, you know, with Quentin Bohanna. You finally got two wide body, big guys up in there to help plug the run. But, you know, obviously that makes them susceptible to the outside run. But, yeah, they just that's something they have to work on. It's something they continually work on, something they're talking about, you know, during this off week and how they can get better against the run. Certainly with these mobile quarterbacks you have to face, you know, whether, you know obviously they got to face uh, Jalen Hurts again and, and, and try to, you know, DeMarcus Lawrence got got so many times against the Bears. And, you know, he, he, he breaks down. You, you got to stop that, the quarterback on the edge. And so there are things that they need to do to get better with that. But, you know, they feel good about their defense. They feel good about, you know, their playmaking defense and their turnover, you know, forced turnovers. And the thing you like about this defense, which actually bore out in the last couple of weeks, was their relentlessness. Relentlessness, you know, with Micah Parsons and never giving up on the play. And for the second time, you know, here's a guy who was rushing the quarterback and ended up with a, ended up with, with a game change and played because of his hustle, not because – you know, him, his ability to sack or his ability to, you know, get to the quarterback, it was about his hustle and relentlessness. And when you got your best player hustling and, and relentlessly being a relentless person after the ball more than anybody on the team, that's contagious. You know, that, that fumble he got to return for a touchdown, mm-hmm. he went from rushing the quarterback, <clears throat> Leighton Vanderas knocked the ball out. He was the one down there getting on the ball and picked up, uh, and ran into the end zone, and, and that's just all hustle. That's not talent. That's yep. hustle from your best player. Yep. Yeah, that's what it's all about. And speaking of that, before we let you go, Chill, and thank you again for jumping on with us, got to ask you about your Texas Longhorns. Uh, we start looking. Yeah. Big transition right here. We're Come sitting here trying to figure it out. You and I have watched the games together, and we both have lost our minds at the same time. But when you look at this Texas Longhorn team, you heard another uh, players-only meeting. That's two in one year. Uh, what were your thoughts? You know, you know, I just think this is a big month, you know, four games. You know, you, you, you can't end up with six wins or seven wins. I mean, you, you, you got to do something. You got to make somebody this season. You know, because we keep talking about last year they was too young, okay, or whatever. They didn't, they didn't have recruits. 
with excuse this year. What's going to be the excuse next year? Most of the games that have been lost are lost by the cow. I mean, by the by the Longhorns. You know, all these losses are after you've had double digit leads. You blow on mm-hmm. double digit leads, the team that you should beat. You know, and certainly I'm talking about these conference losses. You know, go back to Oklahoma State. They lose that game, then they get their doors blown off. You know, at Kansas State. So you know, it's not going to be easy down the stretch with Kansas State and. And, and certainly Baylor and, and TCU just playing as well as anybody. TCU is a prime example. I, I get to watch them both close and personal. That team gets better. That team does not get phased as the game goes on. That offense gets better in the second half. You know, the, the long runs, you know, have one of the best offenses, offensive schemes in the league. But in the second half of games, they look nothing like they look in the first half. Why is that? You know, and I, and I saw Rod had something up, you know, on Twitter about, that third down on defense and how they give up plays. I'm like, mm-hmm. it, it, you have a great second down play on third down. You let a guy run wide open for a slant or something like, yeah. why are you not covering? I just don't understand that. <laughs> and time and time again on third and fourth down, the guy's wide open, not being covered in some soft zone or whatever you're doing that, that allowed them to have easy conversions. None of that makes sense to me. Yep. Yeah, we've been having that same conversation (laughs) every week. It's like Groundhog Day around here. (laughs) Chill, trust me, man. (laughs) Yeah, we we go pretty hard on this one. And you know my boy Rod going to break down them stats like no other. And he's going to let us know. He does a great job with that. But, yeah, you know, everything is in front of them. If they they run the table and get the Big 12 championship game, that's a lot to build on. And and that's possible. Yeah, it is. possible. It's also possible they could beat Texas like they've been the last couple of years and, and blow it. You yep. know, they got to show us. We thought, you know, they were taking a step forward, but until they win a true road game against a good opponent, you know, and, and, and put some wins together uh, against good opponents, you know, it, it's still the same old, same old. Yeah, that's true. and that's what we're trying to wait and see. We got a chance to see it coming up this week as they take on the uh, Kansas State Wildcats 630 on uh, Saturday. But uh, thank you, as always, my man. Thank you for the insight on the Dallas Cowboys, and we'll definitely be in touch again soon. Chill. All right, man. Appreciate you guys. Appreciate you guys right there. You're the man. There he is, Clarence Hill of the Fort Worth Star-Telegram, breaking down all things Cowboys and a little bit of them Longhorns. Yeah, Uh, he's right, though. They should have made a move.